Hey, this is Scott Jackson, and you're listening to the Monarchist Podcast. I'm Aaron. And I'm Mike. And you're listening to the Monarchist Podcast, a podcast for fans, by fans. Today, we're blessed to welcome academic administrator, researcher, author, and the ninth president of Old Dominion University, Dr. Brian O. Hemphill, to the show. Welcome to the best and only ODU podcast. Hey, I'm happy to be here. Happy to be here. Thank you for having me on the show. Thank you so much for joining us today, Dr. Hemphill. Having taken over the position in 2021, you were entering your third year as our great institution's president. So how has Norfolk and ODU been treating you so far? I, I will tell you, it's been absolutely great. Um, when you think about the the faculty, the staff, the students, the broader community, um, we, we feel really very fortunate to, to be here. Um, this is a great place and uh, my kids are loving it and loving the school that they're in over at St. Patrick. And um, it's just a great environment. And so, so we feel good with the progress that we've made and still a lot of work that we have to do. But all in all, we're loving it. All right. So in your first two years, you and Old Dominion have accomplished quite a bit. Establishing a school of cybersecurity, the school of real estate, and a data science institute, as well as the new health sciences building. The move to the Sun Belt, and of course, all the progress that's been made with the EVMS merger. Looking back on all those successes and others, what are you most proud about in that time? Now, I will tell you, I cannot take any credit for the School of Cybersecurity. The School of Cybersecurity was here up functioning and running, but everything else that you mentioned, those that's work that collectively as a team um, that we worked on together. And um, and I feel good about that, that particular work um, uh, because I have some amazing vice presidents. I have outstanding deans. And, and we really work together to lean in to, to, to look at how we could stand up these additional schools that could, could advance the institution. We've worked very hard on the merger, as you mentioned, the Sunbelt Conference move. Um, there've been a lot of things that we're definitely proud of. If I had to pick one, well, one, can I pick two that we're really proud of? Absolutely. Okay, so, so the first I will tell you, really proud of where we are with the merger. Um, this is transformative as we develop a health sciences center here for the for this particular region. We're one of the largest regions in the country with nearly 1.8 million people that don't have a comprehensive academic health sciences. And so that's something that I'm proud of. And I think we're really close to delivering that for the people. I know that this has been talked about for 20 years. And so we feel very fortunate to be in a place that we're so close to getting it done. We're just looking toward Richmond for a budget because we already ha have the enabling legislation to approve the merger. So we're excited about that. The second thing that I will tell you that I'm, I'm really excited about um, and, and, the, and the nature of the, the form that we're on today, I'm really excited about the move to the Sunbelt Conference. That could not have been a better move for our institution. And um, when we think about what we've provided for student athletes, when you think about the footprint of where we travel now, it's, it's really the old Atlantic Coast Conference when you think about it. And so when we think about the, the well-being of student athletes, their academic academic commitments and their work, 
opportunities for them to compete in this conference is, is outstanding from that vantage point. And then when you just look at the quality of the competitors and like schools, it is one that that's, that's something I'm really proud of that we were able to deliver. I did not think in my first two months on the job, I would be hit with, by the way, we might need a new home because there are a lot of things that are going on in, in college athletics. And right now, the last thing I'll say is that you look at what's going on right now in terms of the Big 12, the Pac-10, and there, there are articles that are being written about the Sun Belt being one of the most stable conferences in the country along with the SEC. And so I feel good about, about that, that decision as well. So those are two biggies that I'm really proud of. Well, those are awesome. I know as sports fans, Mike and I are right there with you. With regards to the merger, Mike's in healthcare, so I know he's super excited about that. And I have a 15-year-old, so seeing Old Dominion develop these new programs and ones that are such great career paths for young folks makes me excited to know that my son has even better choices locally in the next few years. So it, it, it's pretty awesome. No doubt about it. We're excited about it. It's a, it's a really, really huge step for this institution. All right, now going back to your first day on the job, we have to imagine you had a vision for what was possible here and what was capable, and perhaps that requires changing the public's perception of the university. If so, what does that vision entail, and where is OU headed? Yeah, so now that's a great question. So when you think about my vision for this institution, it was really, it, I came in the front door really thinking about how do we raise the profile of this institution um, as a as a national national university just beyond the region. And a part of that was becoming an R1 institution. Well, we're very fortunate of the great work of our faculty over the last 15, 20 years that we were able to achieve that early on in my tenure and being here is something that we're really proud of. And so that was one of the initial pieces that I, I really was focusing on of how do we, we we travel that and travel that particular path and grow the research for the institution to become an R1. So that was a part of the vision. The second was I came in the door knowing that we needed to, to secure the merger and, and grow in health sciences. And that was an important component of, of that vision. Ultimately, it was looking at how we position this institution to have a national brand and really having a name across the country for the great work that we're doing um, in our research, whether it's coastal resiliency, whether it's maritime, whether it's, it's work we're doing in engineering, how do we raise the profile and the brand of the institution and tell the ODU story in ways that are that are profound? And I feel pretty good about what we've the steps that we've taken in terms of of that particular path because we, I think we're positioning the university in a way that will will make us strong for for decades to come. Okay, we briefly touched on it, but can you give us an update on the EVMS merger? Yes. Um, so as it relates to the merger, we are positioned and ready for January January one uh, of merger. We've submitted our application to the LCME. We've we, we're prepared to submit our application to SAC COC, which is the accreditor, the second accreditor on on September first. Um, we have done all of the work 
from looking at human resources of these new employees that will become state employees. We've done all of the work is looking at IT, looking at the, the work of online education and programs that we will then begin to market for them to help grow. Um, we've taken a look at our, our, our budgets and how the budgets will integrate our systems. All of that work it needed to successfully put us together and merge and, and have them become a part of Old Dominion really is about probably 85 to 90% done. And so we are we are, are, are working hard to, to finish that work as we are waiting for this budget. And so as I, as I sit here today, um, I will tell you that, that I have no doubts that we will be ready on January 1. Now, will there be work that we'll have to do on January 2nd? Of course, the work doesn't end at that point, but I feel good about about where we sit today and the deliverables that 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 we have to provide for the governor, for the House and the Senate, um, for them to sign the documents for us to officially merge. They've already passed the legislation, but there's one more signature or a couple of signatures that will be needed to make it official, and that includes my signature and Alfred's as well. And so, um, so, so yeah, we the, the merger is in a strong place, and you got to remember what the merger is about. The merger is about looking at how we grow research infrastructure and grow research for both uh, 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 as one entity. How do we compete nationally, not for five or six million dollars from NIH? How do we compete for 50, 75 and 100 million dollars with NIH funding, having an academic health sciences center? This is about health disparities. When you look at health disparities across Hampton Roads, specifically in Norfolk and Portsmouth, when you look at black and brown people, we have some of the worst health outcomes in, in the Commonwealth of Virginia and leading the nation and others. How do we improve and grow? And then the third is about workforce. How do we grow workforce? And we have put together a plan because if somebody's gonna provide for you between the partnership between the state and Centera, if somebody's gonna make a $100 million investment in this new venture, we had to show them what the deliverable is gonna be. And we've successfully done that. Probably more than you wanted to know. Sorry, but probably oh, more you're than good. you wanted to know. Speaking of health initiatives, I saw you guys had a uh, remote truck that would go out to communities and help run clinics. I'd, I'd love to hear you talk more about this and if this is a program that might be expanding. Yeah, that that was a part, that is very much a part of our plan. We're already doing some of that now with our School of Nursing. Um, they're going out to to one of our, our local communities. It might be Franklin County, if I'm not mistaken, but they're going out to some of our local communities that, that need that type of, of, of health support and screenings. And so that's already taking off, but we, we're taking another step with it, with the merger and looking at how we get more of resources into the communities. Because at times, transportation is just a barrier for people going and get get basic needs of health. And um, we know that, that there are many things we can do, but poverty is one of the things we don't have the ability to, to address with this merger. And so, and, and we know that there's a barrier there around transportation. And so for us, we, we're looking at how we take some of the services to the people that will be a part of, of this particular initiative. And we wanna keep that moving. That's fantastic. When I saw that mobile clinic, the release on that, I got really excited and proud. Yeah. Speaking of pride, when you go back to campus, it might be kind of goofy, but we take pride in the growth and the new buildings on campus. The health sciences building is beautiful. It's really coming together. I'm not sure how the UMS thing will, will impact us. Will, will we see an ODU logo on those buildings uh, in Ghent? 
Um, I will tell you, not only am I proud of the College of Health Sciences, but we also have that in terms of that new building, but we also have a new $170 million new biology building. And so the new health sciences building, the new biology building that we will likely break ground on this year, that's already been fully funded by the state. Um, and it, they, they all will feed into what we're doing in terms of health sciences. And so as it relates to the, the ODU brand, I can't tell you the official name, but yes, you will see Old Dominion University over on that campus and get, you will see Old Dominion there as well. Wish I could let you in on the full name because it's pretty cool, <laughs> but can't do it. Not today, not on this show. So people we'll will be, be a little upset with me. Yes. Maybe, right. maybe next time. Maybe next time. So you mentioned the biology building, uh, the health sciences building. Is there any projects outside of those coming in the next few years that you're really excited about? Yeah, we, we have a project that we're working on, working on a new master plan for the university. And as a part of that new master plan, there are a number of projects that we're working on. Um, one that we're planning on taking to the state is a, a joint partnership of, a, of a, a, a construction project that involves the arts as well as engineering um, and looking at some of the interdisciplinary and research opportunities that we have between the arts and engineering. Virginia Tech is a model for it uh, with the Moss Center of what they did with the arts and engineering there on the Virginia Tech campus. And um, and so that's a project that we're working on. We also working on a project for building around data science right now in the interim. We've put our school of data science in Virginia Beach in the town center and um, we have renovations going on there and we're excited about that particular initiative. Um, and then there are a number of renovation projects as we work on this new master plan. Um, we're putting some things together as it relates to looking at Kaufman Hall. Um, as well as 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 our as our former chemistry building, and so the 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 Godwin building, if I'm not mistaken. All right, so we're big big sports fans, and this is a sports podcast. So let's shift to athletics. All right, let's talk athletics. All right, college sports is currently undergoing a lot of change, whether that's realignment or the arrival and growth of NIL. So let's take a step back. Let's look at our own realignment. Once it was proposed that we would move to the Sun Belt, a move that we all love, by the way, can you take Monarch Nation behind the curtain and share what the approval process was like with the decision makers at Old Dominion? Yeah, I, I will tell you that um, it was it was pretty, pretty interesting. To be quite candid with you, it was a fight for survival in terms of among two conferences, Conference USA. Um, Sunbelt was not fighting for survival, but Conference USA, we were really looking at the possibility of we need to grow and there's a lot of things going on. So we literally found ourselves because of the shakeup in college athletics, we find ourselves with presidents from the Sunbelt calling our presidents, asking them what they consider coming to the Sunbelt. And I was one of the presidents, along with some others that were calling presidents in the Sunbelt, asking them to come to the Conference USA. And so it was just one of those interesting, interesting dynamics that that you didn't anticipate, but it was so much up in the air and people didn't know how it was going to settle. And so um, so I, I got a chance to meet and talk to a lot of them. And um, and so when 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 it became clear that 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 the footprint and the move made more sense for Old Dominion. When you look at our our student athletes that were traveling to Texas, far, far, far west Texas, um, to 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 in essence 
compete in golf and tennis and some of the other sports, it was just really, really tough on the student athlete. And so as they extended the invitation, um, we, we we thought about it, we ran the numbers, we had analyzed it in terms of look at what it meant for us in terms of, of our budget and travel, what were the exit fees would be, um, what the entry fees would be, and how that would position us for the future. And, to, and looking at television contracts and future television contracts, looking at bowl tie-ins um, from a football standpoint, all of this was factored into the decision. And when everything was said, as, as Dr. Selick and I sat across the table from each other, um, it was pretty clear that this was where we needed to go. And so um, it involved getting on the phone and having conversations with the president of Marshall at that time, um, the president of Southern Mississippi, you know, at that particular time, which both of them have moved on at this point, and JMU's president. And so we all had conversations and we agreed that this is the right move um, for us. And, and this could really work because in essence, we filled out the East, if you will, all but Southern Mississippi, we filled out that, that East with Marshall, JMU, and it developed a true East-West that was pretty nice in terms of, of the footprint. So yeah, that's behind the curtain and um, it was exciting. It was stressful. Um, it was invigorating when we got it done. Um, but but really, really pleased for, for what we've been able to accomplish around that. All right, so shifting a little bit, anyone who's taken a Business 101 class remembers all the different uh, focuses on managerial styles. We'd love to hear more about your managerial style when you're talking to these different department heads and how you view their successes and failures. Yeah, my, my management style, um, a couple of things I'll share. Um, it's, it, there, there's no room for I in terms of, of my leadership team. There's no room for I. It's always about we. Uh, I, I, the, the I concept just doesn't work in terms of when you look at all that we have to do and all we have to accomplish. So that's very important. Management style, um, I'm one about leading by example. And so for me, I, I believe in rolling up my sleeves and getting in and doing the work that needs to be done and leading by example and not asking anyone to do anything that I haven't personally engaged in and done myself um, beyond performing surgery and things that I don't have those capabilities and ability, but but asking people anything that I have the ability to do, showing them. And so from a, from a, also just the third thing I'll mention is that I've always worked from a concept that all voices are important. And so, you know, you see some, some, some environments where, you know, you have, have a, a leadership teams where some of the VPs or leaders' voices might not be as important as others. I don't work with that philosophy. If we had a table, it's going to be a round table, and all of the people need to weigh in. Because to me, when you, you make sound decisions when you have engagement from everybody around the table. That's the important piece. All right, President Hemphill. So as a podcast for fans, by fans, we often ask our fans for questions for upcoming podcasts, and we got a number of them for you. A lot of them we've already covered, okay. but one that one that got consistently asked was about Dr. Selig's extension. So on July 16th, College AD shared that Dr. Selig signed a contract extension through 2028. When you're looking at the role of an athletic director, what yeah. measures do you value most when evaluating performance and making big decisions with regards to your athletic program? Yeah, that's a great question. 
Yeah, I, I, I extended Dr. Selig's contract to 2028 and was very happy to be able to do that. I, I have had the privilege of working with some individuals that are truly just class acts in terms of, of, of leading college athletics, having the opportunity to be at Northern Illinois with Jim Phillips, who's now the commissioner for the ACC. We were there as vice presidents together. Um, having the opportunity to work with Derek Gregg, who's the AD at Northwestern, who was at the NCAA. Um, I've had opportunity to work with some really, really top-notch professionals who are really good at what they do. And um, and I will tell I will tell you that Wood is in a class that is outstanding. And I would put him up against any AD in the country. His intellect, his work ethic, his delivery, his commitment to academics first, and making sure that our student athletes, their well-being is taken care of, his commitment to winning in all of his sports, but doing it the right way. It made it clear that this is a gentleman that I want to be my athletic director as long as I'm as here as president. He's the individual to to deliver and make things happen. I trust him unequivocally, and, and I just believe he's a great individual that's, that's doing some great work for us. And um, I just told him I need him to add a sport or two. So beyond that, and um, so <laughs> allow us to compete for that cup in the Sun Belt a little bit more. Any ideas on what those sports might be? I would not share that with you, even if I could. That's fair. But that's a very good question. So a lot of people look at athletics as the front porch to a university. I'm not sure if you agree with that. However, uh, fans look at sports in very black and white terms, wins and losses. I know that is not the case for you as the boss. Yeah. You have a lot more decisions to make. Can you walk us through all the things you need to weigh when you're looking at the success of a program? Yeah. I'm first and foremost, because wins and losses, yeah, that's just one factor. I'm looking at the 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 success of our student athletes. Are they graduating? Are they do they feel good about their experience in terms of being a student athlete in that particular sport? Are they in a place where they really feel good about just their journey here at Old Dominion University. That's a factor in health of a program for me. Also, you know, another thing that I'm gonna play pay special attention to is that that how is the the that program in terms of the morale and those 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 men and women, how are they feeling about their experience here at the university? And we know how student athletes feel has even new meaning when you think about the transfer portal now. And so how do they feel about their experience? And I'm not talking about, well, the coach was just a little hard on me today. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the totality of the experience of the of that of that student athlete experience and how they're they're treated and how they feel. And then the 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 third thing is that we don't have them suit up in those amazing colors of of Hudson and 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 blue and gray, the number of colors that we have out there. I don't we don't have them suit up not to go out and compete and try to win championships. And so we are expecting some level of of productivity and wins. And there are some that some programs that you know that it's rebuilding and you and you're going to be patient and flexible with that over a two or three or five or six year period. But then when it gets to a certain point, if it doesn't begin to turn the corner, then you may have to start asking yourself some of those questions. But you're still looking at everything. How are the student athletes doing academically? How do they feel about their experience? Are we doing it the right way? 
Are we making sure we're not trying to cut any corners that creates issues for us with the NCAA? And fourth, are we winning? Are we winning? Are that is that's something that you still have to factor in. But I will tell you, that's probably fourth on the list for me as it relates to it. I expect us to compete, but we got to check off those other three first. Because if they aren't graduating, they don't feel good about the experience. If you're trying to cut corners and have me in front of a panel in, in, in Indianapolis, not a good place to be. I don't want to be there. And so it's a matter of doing it the right way. Well, based upon those sorts of things, our, I know our interaction with the coaches, student athletes, and so forth, I think you guys are winning on just about all those, President Hemphill. So keep up the awesome work. All right, so we're not all about just these kind of normal questions. We like to have fun on the podcast as well. So this is the time right. where we hit you with some quick hitters, fun questions, and uh, first things that pop to your mind. I'm going to let Mike lead us off with the first fun question. All right, Aaron, you have me nervous now. Hey, there are no wrong answers. All righty. All right, Dr. Hemphill, what is your favorite spot on campus? My favorite spot on campus? Um, I would probably tell you that that my favorite spot would be the, the Kaufman Lawn. I, I just think it's absolutely beautiful. I love to walk out and just see the activity of students sitting out, playing Frisbee, studying. To me, it's just a beautiful place that we have on the campus. Love that. All right. What's your favorite restaurant in the 757? Thank you for giving me a little wider, wider breath there of reach. My favorite restaurant in the 757 is probably Orion's Roof um, in Virginia Beach there at the Marriott Oceanfront. Um, I, that is my favorite restaurant. And um, second second favorite, if I could give you another one, is probably going to be Bird and Baldwin. Love Bird and Baldwin here in, in, in Norfolk. All right. What is ODU most underrated for? Um, I will tell you that that one of the things that we're probably underrated for um, is probably the the people just don't realize how many graduates we are producing in STEM H. Virginia Tech is number one in the Commonwealth in terms of the number of STEM H degrees that they graduate at the undergraduate and graduate level on an annual basis. About 57% of their total graduating class, graduate and undergraduate, are graduating with a STEM H degree. Most people don't realize that Old Dominion is number two in the Commonwealth at 44%. Most people don't realize that. And so we are we are doing a great job in graduating students with STEM H degrees. And, um, and we need to tout that more. And so it's just the quality of what we do and the type of graduates we're graduating. People need to know, and we it's our job to share that. All right. If we were to go into your Spotify playlist, what's your favorite band or musical artist? Favorite band or musical artist? I would tell you that, and do not judge me as it relates to this, but you have to realize at the era that I came through college and in terms of the, the late 80s, early 90s, it was hard for me not to be a big Tupac fan. And so you're going you're gonna to hear some Tupac as it relates to in my, my list. Um, so don't judge me as it relates to that. But I, I just I, I, he was, he, he, we lost him entirely too early in life because I think that, you know, when you think about his, his brilliance, when you think about his... His, his his education that he had, most people didn't realize that he went to Juilliard, if I'm not mistaken, just the, his intellect 
but also just if you go back and listen to his messages, um, there were some of them that were just really, really powerful. And I think today, if he was still with us, he'd be in line with Jay-Z and some of the others that have just taken off into other industries and doing major, major work. And so, um, but yeah, that 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 would be 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 one of my favorites. And he's a great actor as well. So yeah, he's a great actor, Absolutely. talented actor, talented actor. I didn't even know he was that that good of an actor until you go back and look at some of his movies, like Juice or some of the others. I mean, he really did a great job in those. It's just natural, natural. Yes. All right, so I'm going to ask you one more question, and we'll let you go. When you were making a big decision at the university. How much of a collaborative process is that? And what stakeholders are involved? When I'm making a big decision um, here at the university, I will tell you that 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 typically um, I have there, I have some amazing vice presidents. And, um, and depending on the topic, the table could change. Um, but I will always have at least four or vice, four or five vice presidents sitting around that table with me as we have to make a final important decision that 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 a great deal of, of, of important work will hinge on on the outcome of that decision. I listen to all of the voices and I am fortunate to have a group of people that are not yes people. They're really gonna tell me what they think and they're not afraid to challenge each other. And so I listen to all of that. And then when all is said and done and all the vice presidents leave, my chief of staff and I are the two that still left at the table to have a final conversation. And she's been my chief of staff now for 11 years. And so we have a process where I include the uh, appropriate vice presidents. There may be an occasion where we bring in a dean, depending on that particular topic. Um, and, and so that really helps inform my decisions. But one of the things I will tell you that I also, that's important that I, that I do that's very helpful, one of the few times you'll hear me say I, is that, that I have public forums that I go out where I speak to all of the colleges. I had three of those today, one yesterday. I have two or three others that are coming up. I have open forums where I hear the AP and classified staff, where I hear from students. I have open forums for students. Why do I do that? I get a sense of what's going on on the campus, not just through the lens of a vice president or dean. So I get to hear firsthand how people are experiencing the academy. And that sort of helps inform where my thinking might be. But then we have to sit down and process through the outcomes, the pros, the cons, the challenges, the potential impacts. What are the downstream implications that we create with this particular decision? And so it's a, it's a very thoughtful process and things we don't weigh lightly. All right, President Hemphill, before Mike closes this thing out, do you have a message for Monarch Nation? Hey, I, the, the message I have for Monarch Nation is continue to show your pride all across the Commonwealth of Virginia, the region and the nation um, and, and let people know the value and the experience that you had here on this campus or you're having now. And, um, and, and all of you that can make it, join us on September 2nd when we go up to Virginia Tech to try to shock the world. And I believe we have the ability to do it. We will be there and we can't wait. Thank you so much for joining us today and opening up your doors to give us a, a better vision of your work process and the things you're excited about bringing to Old Dominion. And thank you for what you're doing for our Monarchs. Hey, thank you, Mike. Thank you, Aaron. Really appreciate the opportunity to be with you guys. Go Monarchs. Go Monarchs. Go Monarchs.